today. I've got a word from God for you today. I know it within my heart. But pastor, yesterday we spent some time together, and he said, I like that old slap-happy gospel music. Now, you're going to have to pray. You, you can go back to, I think it's number five on that. You're going to you're gonna have to pray for a white boy that's going to sing a soul song. But as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. Whether I'm in, out, up, or down, I don't need nobody else. Roll that tape. Come on, pull it up. Come on, pull it up some more. Oh, yeah. Give me some mic in the morning. Yeah, I've been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated. I've been used, scorned, talked about, so is wrong. I've been up, I've been down, almost to the ground. But long as I got King Jesus. Heavy load chair I know a bridge over water I know a doctor and a lawyer Good God, a friend when you're friendless Oh Lord, a mother when you're motherless He'll be a bread when you're hungry He'll be a comfort when you're lonely Long as I've got him Long as I've got King Jesus I know he's a burden bearer I know he's a heavy load chair Oh Lord Long as I've got King Jesus Long as I got King Jesus, long as I got King Jesus, wait a minute, wait a minute, hey, I got him, Jesus, I got him, Jesus, he's a lily of the valley, he's a bride and morning star, he's a rose of Sharon, he's a great I am, I walk with him, talk with me, he's Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah, Rapha, Jehovah, Shama, he's an Alpha and Omega, he's a beginning and the end, he's a first, he's a last, he's my very best friend, I call him in the morning, I call him in the evening, I say Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, I love him, I adore him, I worship him, I lift him up, do you want him, I got him, do you have him, Jesus, I say Jesus, long as I got King Jesus, long as I got him, don't need nobody, Hallelujah! 
glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Take your Bibles in hand, standing with me in respect to the Word of God, and turn to Psalms 83. There you go, Pastor. All right. I love that man. Yes, I do. And I, I had no idea, honestly, I'd forgot it was Pastor's Appreciation Month. When you hear the word that I'm about to preach, you're going to be amazed at how God works. Psalms 83 says, Keep not thou silent, O God, hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God, for lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and counsel against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, let us cut them from being a nation, that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent, and they are confederate. Verse 12 says, Who said, Let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. I'm going to preach today, this is my house. Thank you, Lord, for this word. I ask you to speak through us. Have you spoken to us? Anoint the people to receive it now. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There has arisen in these last days naysayers among Christian authors that say there that in 10 years there will be no assembling of ourselves together in church congregations as we do now. At the most, they say the church will be reduced to break room Bible studies, uh, to cell groups, candy bar and coffee breaks is all the God that you will need. There will be no need for the house of God, but I came to say the devil is a lie. There is, on the other hand, a plot of hell to come and to steal the houses of God, plural. Number, verse number two says, they have lifted up the head. I want you to notice, first of all, he's coming to lift up the head first. Before the enemy attacks the people or the hidden ones, he will attack the head first. And we know the head to be the pastor of the church. And there's a diabolical, vicious attack against today's pastors. Verse 3, it says, the hidden ones, to come and cut off the hidden ones. In other words, that is the ones that's in the nursery today. Our pride and joy, our children, and he's coming to take them away. And what it means is he's coming to take the very memories of God out of their young minds. In number, verse number four, it says to be no more in remembrance about Israel. No more in remembrance. It means to no longer have an influence. Now, I don't have to tell you uh, what's going on in our nation's capital. I don't have to tell you what's going on in, 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 the, in the legislation. Today, the, the, the regular Americans cannot get in to see certain parts of, the, of, of Washington, D.C. and of our White House and things of that nature, but lobbyists can get in. Because they're, they're, they're trying so hard to lobby uh, against everything that God is. So what is happening is, after this last election, the news, the, the caption in the news, in the headlines of every newspaper in America, was the church has lost its influence. That's what it's talking about when it says in verse 4, no more in remembrance. That's what hell is after, to cut off the church of Jesus Christ, to cut off true biblical Bible preaching to cut off truth no more in remembrance. I don't have to tell you that, that one of the first things that happened was the day, the day of prayer was canceled at the White House and, and, and the day of prayer with Islam was made uh, uh, the start of something new and canceled the day of prayer that come out of that house of God and many of the great pulpits of America picked it up, that this is no longer a Christian nation. Listen, the devil is a lie. This is a Christian nation. 
I like Australia. They say this. This is a Christian nation. If you don't like it, leave it. They must have heard Merle Haggard sing that song. If you don't love it, leave it. Let this song that I'm singing be a warning. Let this message that I'm preaching be a warning. Verse 12. It says this. This is what I wanted to get to. To take to ourselves the houses of God, plural. The houses of God. The literal Greek meaning means to drive out the existing tendant. And there are people who would like to see this go away. Would like to see this go away as unnecessary. And it's creeping into our Assembly of God churches. It's creeping into our, our Pentecostal realms that, that we're ashamed and afraid of what might happen in alders, the things we cannot control. Listen, we've never been able to control the Holy Ghost, and we never will be able to control the Holy Ghost. God is never church in the town today, but his presence is not never church in town. There are people who want to see this go away. The devil has a great philosophy that says, if he can't beat you, if I can't beat him, I'll join him, and I'll become one of you, and I'll, I'll put a Judas in your midst, and, and if I can't beat you, I'll become one of you. And, and he is using some of his own, uh, of our own, who are prophesying gloom and doom over the fellowship and the stature of the church, changing the, the name of pastor and downgrading it down to team ministry. And in some of the places my son sets up youth ministers all around the country, he said some of them will not call the man of God a pastor. It's, it's funny to me, Jesus called them pastors, and, 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 and Revelations called them the star of the church. It's amazing that we're afraid to have a man of God, and we're afraid to have the father of the faith. That's what the, the tendency is. You and I are not, but that's what the tendency is. But what I'm saying is it's time to stand up and tell somebody, this is my house. And you're not going to get away with taking away my man of God. You see, they're using our own against us. And they're saying that this right here, what happens this morning in these altars, what happened in the prayer service when this young man was laid out of the spirit and people were ministered to, that that is unnecessary, that it's unimportant, and there's no value whatsoever. I have sat in a conference that I paid to go to. To have them tell me that we don't believe in altars anymore and they put the chairs all the way to the stage so there wasn't anything that could move in the house. I'm glad to say that when I got a chance to preach, though they didn't have an altar, I already been told don't, don't, don't do that altar thing because we'll have people pray beforehand and we won't have all that mix up in the end. Well, they couldn't keep the Holy Ghost out and, and so at the end of my message, I knew that I, I, I couldn't give an invitation and, 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 and disrupt the authority of the man of God. But the Holy Spirit just disrupted everything and hit the people in the pews and they jumped up and started shouting and praising God, dropping on their knees and getting right with God. I'm telling you, we can't program the Holy Ghost who was born to be a part of this thing out. It's moving in a new direction, they have told me. But I came to say, this is my house of God. And I need this house of God. My children need this house of God. My grandbabies will need this house of God. And generations will need this house of God. And church of his presence, the world needs this house of God. And somebody needs to stand up and say, what's the title of my message? Oh, that was pitiful. What's the title of my message? Say it with conviction. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Don't ever take a Sudafed before you preach. My Lord. They have forgotten Hebrews 10 and 25. Forsaking not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is. 
I, I like what it says. It, it, so, so much more as you see the day approaching. What does that mean? That we don't need to cut services and cut church meetings and cut conferences. Let, let, me, let me prophesy right now to you something I know in my spirit. God spoke to me just a few weeks ago that God said the days of extended revivals are coming back. The days of extended revivals are coming back. They're going to come back. Evangelists are going to be busy once again. The most unemployed person in America today is evangelists that believe in the power of God and will preach the truth of Jesus Christ but but at that day is coming back when they find out all this other junk does not work now listen September 11th the churches all around America filled up would everybody say amen to that I mean I had standing room only in my church but a matter of, of two weeks it thinned out why did they come in the first place because when it when it the chips are down and when things go crazy the world still knows that we need the church of Jesus Christ and that's a place of safety listen uh, between uh, 2010 let me give you some statistics from Barna right now and these are late statistics that I just took down in 2010 between 2010 and 2020, uh, it, it says that 37,000 churches will close. Given the, the present rate of church closings, uh, 20 million people left the house of God of the age of between 20 and 40 in this last decade. 1,400 pastors resign the ministry every month. And in the next decade, 40% of pastors will quit and go into another line of work. 70% of all pastors say in America today that they have no friends. The divorce rate among pastors has risen to an average of 65%. 80% of pastors say that pastoring has a negative effect upon their home life. Why? Let me just tell you this. Don't be offended, but listen to me because I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Don't, don't judge it at the first because I'm, I'm going to lead you in, but I'm going to also lead you out. Did you get that? Why is there such a negative trend upon pastors? Because the people of God become so demanding and refuse to grow up in God themselves. But you see, that trend has got to change. You can't have a broken down man of God and have any kind of a house of God. The trend needs to change. There has to come an awakening in the body of Jesus Christ to understand hell is after the head, number one. Number one on his hit list before he comes to our children. Before he, I've had people say that it's the kids he wants. Yes, but number one, he wants the pastors. Uh, back in in, in uh, 1979, traveling in revivals, uh, 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 my, I was flying with a, a witch on an airplane, and she she was praying all the time to her God, the devil. Uh, beside me, and I said, "What are you praying? Are you a Christian?" He said, "No, I'm not a Christian. I'm a witch." And I said, "Well, I, I noticed you're praying." So I'm praying to Satan that the month of October will be the month that 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 the devil attacks the pastoral's house, the pastor's house, and his children. That he attacks him personally. And so, from 1979 even till today, in the month of October, is their month of fasting and prayer. That God, that their God, the devil, the the father of this earth that would disrupt the pastor's house and come against the pastor. That stuff is real. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to wake up to that and stand up and say, this is my house. You see, we must be a builder of the man of God, not a tear, tearing down. The man of God is a gift to you. The woman of God is a gift to you. They, 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 they weep over you. They, 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 they yearn in the spirit over you. They, they, they speak things over you, uh, good things when others are speaking bad things. Every house of God in it has a parent figure. And that, that must be a mother and a father. And every great house of God has one head. One head. And hell hates that head. The one thing that I know as an outdoorsman, that if you're going to shoot a snake, don't shoot him in the tail. That's not the business. And I've never, I've never been hurt by a snake's tail. Uh, but I have, I have had to deal with the head of a few of them in times gone past. Fishing and some of the places I'm going to take, Pastor. 
going to some of them limbs in Kansas and those copperheads laying up there in top of those branches. And most of the people there are used to them. They just lay up there and watch it, you know, but, but uh, I, I've got a judge and they, they all go to hell quickly. So don't worry, Pastor, I've got, got to cut it. covered. He'd say, oh, God, you've got a gun in a boat. Amen. Listen. If he decaps and uh, decapitates and removes the head, the house of God's gone. Did you hear me? We need young men and young women who will sign up by the call of God, that will hear the clarion call of God. We used to in youth camps all the time have kids come out and say, I've been called in the ministry. Whatever happened to that? We need to get back to praying that God raise up some young men and young, young women of God that will preach the word of God and stand on truth. And by the way, ladies, this is the day of the woman right now. The Bible said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, upon your sons and your daughters. So, so we got, we got to get back to that. You see, it's not enough that 24-7, uh, the man of God is, uh, is, is hell, has to face hell, uh, head on, 24-7, and, and, uh, 30 hours a, a week in one message, and I know Pastor Kilpatrick spends 30 to maybe more hours than that, preaches one to two to three, four times a week, every week, But still the buck stops with him. Church discipline, church budget, every bill payment, all staff needs and hurts, all legitimate counsel. I'm talking about when it gets right down to something that would be legal, legal problems for the church, it lands upon him. Why 80% negative upon the head in ministry? Because they can't leave it home, leave it in the office and go home. It follows the man of God home. He has no such thing as a nine to five ministry. Somebody said, well, I want personal time with you, Pastor. And I'm preaching, the, I'm not as much as him, but I'm preaching a lot across the nation in revivals during the week, coming back and being in my, my pulpit on Sunday and on Wednesdays. They want, they want to meet with me in private so I can tell them in private what they wouldn't listen to in the big room. Come on, say, Happy Pastor's Month. Amen. He had no idea I was going to preach this. If you would listen, I, I tell my people all the time, if you listen to one-tenth of what I say in the big house behind the pulpit, you wouldn't have to talk to me in private about the little things you want to talk about. I'm not going to say anything in the private room that I haven't already said in the big room. Come on, somebody. If I know it in the big room, I'm going to say it, and I don't have to say it in the private room. Come on, somebody. Everything I've got, I'm going to say in the big house. Listen to the man of God. Hear his words. Come on, somebody. The answer is in the word of God. The anointed preaching of the word of God. The apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God on the salvation. We can look at, at names. We go down through names of many ministries and Charles Stanley and, and Randy and Paula White and Clint Brown and even Benny Hinn had trouble in his marriage. And I love every one of these and know every one of these people. But what I'm trying to help you to understand is I think sometimes the problem is it's because the church of Jesus Christ let them lay naked too many times. We need to cover our man of God. We need to cover our woman of God. And every time I hear of a of a pastor that has a failed marriage my heart begins to ache on the inside even it's men I don't agree with it aches on the inside because I, I know that those men are that the hell wants to take them out because when hell takes them out listen when we walked I watched pastor walk down the hallway a moment ago and little children came and grabbed his leg and hugged him you see when when hell takes a, out a man of God he takes out those little hearts he takes
takes the trust out of all those little babies. Come on, somebody. Every time I walk in my house of God, babies come running from everywhere. I don't know why they love me so that sometimes I don't understand. I don't understand why sometimes when even little children, when somebody might threaten me or something of that nature, and they hear about it in the home, had little children standing back the other day, and one young man standing back in the shadows, and he came back out of the shadows, and I, I kind of looked because somebody it was kind of after me, and, and I was going to put the Marine Corps on him, and then pray for him. I looked around, and here come this young man walking out, and walked me to the car. I said, son, would you watching over your pastor? He said, pastor, I pray for you every day. I cover you every day. You see, that's what the man of God needs. He needs your love and he needs your covering. There are some negative trends and, and assaults against the head. Pastors' homes falling apart. Divorce in the parsonage is up 65%. And, and, and if, if he gets the head, he gets the entire body. Why is this so important? Let me tell you why. Because your destiny is locked in others. Galatians, look with me, Galatians chapter 4. Let's look at Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 29. If you be in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And look what verse, uh, chapter 4 says, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the appointed, time appointed, of the Father. You may say, well, I've got all the promises of God. I don't need church. I don't need a pastor. But what you don't understand is those are developed by the man of God. Come on, somebody. And the woman of God. Because God has locked up your destiny inside other people. And the voices, their voices unlock the things that you didn't even know that you had on the inside of you when they stand and preach. You, you can't see things that are in you. But the man of God can see things that are in you. They can cause you to dream again. They can cause you to hope again. Thank God for the man of God. This is my house. You need to pray for your pastor. You need to plead the blood of Jesus over your leadership. You need to stick your finger in the face of the devil and say, I double dog dare you to come near my man of God. You may have got these others, but you're not going to get my man of God. Glory to his holy name. I've told my people time and time again, I need somebody to pray for me. I need you to get get a hold of God. I need you to circle the wagons around me because I have a face like Flint. And if I'm hurting, you're never going to know I'm hurting. I'm not going to come in the pulpit and tell you how hard it is for me or how I hurt because I, I, like Bishop Jake says, never let the devil see you sweat. I'm never going to let my people see me sweat because I'm their man of God. I've got to stand on faith. But after funerals and after times when I walk past the casket, I have to be strong for them. But I'll go in the back room and weep like a little boy because I love those people. I hurt when people throw sticks and stones. I hurt, but you're never going to see me make a face. You're never going to hear me take a message out on anybody because I'm the shepherd of the entire body that's there in Wichita, Kansas. But I need the prayers and the covering of people. Does somebody walk by and say, Pastor, that was the best message I ever heard? Come on, somebody. That was the good word from God. Thank you, man of God. I need somebody to pray for me. I get tired. I get weary. And sometimes I'm lonely. I can't just be friends with everybody in the church and still be the great man of God that I need to be. I can't be the authority in people's life when I'm just your old buddy. And it's for your good. You don't want just to be a buddy-buddy with your pastor. You want him to be the man of God to speak in your life. The father to knock the fire out of you if you need it done. This is my house. So what is that voice? 
that keeps you from the house of God on Sundays? What is that voice that tells you to visit around and not make a commitment? I, I notice that a lot of people in a building program will leave the church and go somewhere else until we get it built and then they come back and shout. And I got to smile. But there are those ones who that God dropped, kicked out. Anything normal has a bowel movement. Did I say that? I guess I did. We've got a walkway to the future. And it's bricks, a thousand dollars a piece in building projects. And I walk over and say, "Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. God bless you. I got you a thousand. Amen." That don't appreciate the commitment that God gives to people. What are the voices that keep you out of the house of God? I don't mind if people visit around on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, but I want them in the house of God on Sunday. That's their house of God. What is that voice that says, keep your money? You deserve it. You worked for it. You earned it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yours. What is that voice that says, oh, that ain't real. That finds fault in good and talks evil of good. What is that voice that always finds something to be offended about? What is that voice that causes you always to see bad? I'll tell you what that voice is. It's the devil trying to possess the houses of God in America. It's the devil. So you can go from Genesis to Revelation. You'll never find a witch arguing with a witch. You'll never find a demon arguing with a demon or a devil arguing with a, a devil or, or principalities arguing with other principalities. But when you get to the house of God, you'll find deacons arguing with elders and elders arguing with deacons. And you'll find praise teams arguing with the choir and the band and choirs fussing with the band and pastors fussing with other pastors and, 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 and staff fussing with other staff members. The devil is trying to possess the houses of God. But God is giving us a church. There is the church, and there is His church. Did you get that? There is the church, and there is His church. God is giving us a remnant church in the last days that are linked together. The Spirit of God showed me one time, linked together with a chain. And God spoke to me about our little church back in Wichita, Kansas, that we're linked to other churches. We're linked to churches of like heart and like manner, where there's a link and there's a current that flows, walking in unity, that knows we're an army and not just a mob, that we will join arms together and we will fight hell. And this is, this is something hell cannot stop. Stop. This is the house of God. Come on, somebody shout. This is my house. You ought to shout. I've worked too hard. I've prayed too hard. I've come too far. I've given too till it hurt. I've stood the test of time. And devil, this is my house. And you're not going to take my man of God. You're not going to take my woman of God. And you're not going to get the presence of God in this house. No, sir. This is my house. I've spent too many nights in prayer. I've spent restless nights wrestling with things. Too many glorious meetings in the house of God I've traveled too many miles just to get to the house of God and no weapon formed against me shall prosper this is my house hallelujah let me wrap this up Deuteronomy 28 and 7 says 
The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come at thee one way and flee in seven. That's when the church of Jesus Christ stands. If this house wasn't so important, then why did Jacob land upon a certain place? It wasn't just any place. This ain't just any place. Let me just say it, country. This ain't just any place. He landed on a certain place. The Bible said the heavens opened. He jumped up and said, This is nothing but the door of heaven. And he called it Bethel. This is the doorway to the house of God. This is my access point. And that's what God is saying to the church. You better understand how important it is when you lay in your bed and decide whether or not you're going to come on Sunday morning, whether you're going to serve or not, whether you're going to be a greeter or not, whether you're going to take time out to help the, the, the camp meeting. You've got to understand that what you do when you lay aside your finances, when you lay aside your attendance, when you lay aside your ministry and your serving, you are voting to shut the house of God and let hell take it away but I need this house of God this is my house hallelujah You see, this is the house of God where you learn to dream again. This is the house of God where you hope again and you find your hope and you find your dreams. This is the house where dead things come alive. This is the house where God blesses. Somebody say, well, you know, I can hear somebody say, well, you know, those real spiritual folk, they say, well, you know, anywhere I am, I'm the temple, it's not a building. But let me tell you something. When a building is erected for one thing and one thing only, the worship of Almighty God, the place where the heavens will open and there's an access point, you cannot get on your own what you can get in the house of God. That's why we need the house of God. Somebody ought to shout, this is my house. If this thing wasn't so important, why did Moses build? He, God tell Moses, build me a tabernacle and it will be my house and my presence will be there. I'll sit between the cherubims holy behind, behind the veil. Why did he tell Solomon, build me a house of God and I'll come and I'll fill it with the glory of God. Why was it that the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. I got up this morning, I got up singing a song. I got up and I danced around the room because I felt the presence of God. You know why? Because I said, I got a house of God to go to this morning. I got a place I know I can go and I can be healed and touched and encouraged and strengthened by His might. The house of God. Hallelujah. Some people don't think it's important. It's been amazing to me this last year how many of my old-timers have hit and miss on Sunday. Some of them say, well, I don't feel good. Listen, I've got two steel knees. You could shoot BBs off these babies. <laughs> two steel knees. Come on. <laughs> I've come to church sometimes before I got these things fixed that I hurt so bad. I'd get up here and the anointing would hit me, Pastor, and, I, and the pain would leave while the anointing was here. But I'd go home and they'd hurt again. Why? Because I was in the house of God and I was under the anointing of the Spirit of God. I asked Darlene Bishop one time a question. I said, how is it when I, I get up and preach with these, these knees? I mean, I, at that time, see, I'm, I'm straight-legged now. Woo, glory. I got my life back. Amen. I mean, I was bow-legged. They were all out here, you know, and I'd walk up. Well, you, you saw me. I, I hobbled up here a few times in, in, in Dabney and... And uh, it's pitiful. I said, darling, how come it is when I get up to preach the word? 
and all that goes away, and I walk straight, everything's fine. Then I come off the pulpit, and by the time I get home, I'm limping again. She said, son, it's the anointing of God that only comes in the house of God when you break open the bread of life and the power of God begins to flow. I'm going to tell you there's things that will happen in this house. Come on. When I say this house, I'm talking about this, this body of believers. I'm not talking about this thing. Come on, shout amen, somebody. I will, I will talk about that new, new church I'm going to preach in one of these days. I've already saw the trees and stuff. I've always saw where it's going to be, and I felt something when I went by. To a, whoop, I felt something right there. Glory to God's already starting to claim that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you go out there tomorrow and all those trees are gone. He's ready for you to build. Amen. I'm telling you, great things are ahead for you. Great things are ahead. But here, here's the thing. My daddy was raised in Arkansas, in the hills of Arkansas. And thus a little bit of my language. Uh, some of the fine things that I say. I'm just saying it right. And, uh, y'all. But anyway... My daddy was raised in, in the hills of Arkansas, and they would build them old houses out of stone. Most of the houses, the older houses in Arkansas, they were all built out of stone. And uh, we called them rock houses. That's what dad said. We called them rock houses. And my daddy was out in the yard one time, and the storm began to come. And, and to, on one of the mountaintops. And you, you, you've been one of those where the lightning actually is right there. I mean, it, the clouds are... You know, there could be a cloud over there, just kind of by that, hello, over there by that, by me. <laughs> and lightning come out of it. And, it, you know, just deafens you, you know, and blinds you. And, and, and so, so when, when, the, when the lightning would start cracking, they had a term back in those days called safe as a coon in a rock house. And uh, Daddy said, I'd hear Mama say, Henry, come on in, son. Max, come in. Come on in, Galen. Come on. The storm is moving in. And said, there's a few times that we wanted to play, play a little longer in the yard. But I'm here to tell you that though the tempest rages and the storms blow, Everything in the yard looks bleak. As the storm moves in on the horizon, all you've got to do is get in the house. Where the provision of God is. Where the fellowship, oh God, the fellowship of the Spirit. A word from God comes fresh. The problem is some are still in the yard. I don't care what church I preach in. How great the church is. There's people that's just on the fringe. It's prophesied as this morning. Some are still in the yard. The storm can get you in the yard and the bully can beat you up in the yard. But you get behind mama's apron, ain't nobody can touch you. What are we trying to say? Come in the house. Come in the house. All the way, not on the porch. Some of you still on the porch, just looking around at things. Come in the house. Commit yourself to the house of God. Commit yourself to the building program. Commit yourself to those things the man of God stands. And God will bless you. I'm telling you, he will bless you so unbelievably so. I was telling pastor about people in our church that here of late that sowed. And, and, and one young man that, that sowed, he, 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 he wanted to... Wanted us to pay the labor uh, for for them to paint the church, and he had a a, a, a rising uh, uh, new business. and And before in his life, he he needed some things done. I would tell him paint the nurseries. He'd paint the nurseries, and then he he would get on the phone so much in the hallways I couldn't talk to him. I said, "What? what when you get a chance, to come in the office." And he said, "Pastor, I can't. I've I, I, I've got four new jobs. You can't beat God given." That's not my message, but you can't beat God given. When it comes to the house of God, come on, somebody. And just, just the other day, he, he uh, 
wanted us to pay for the labor to pay the ark is a pastor in ark it's a 255 foot cedar ship it's now our wednesday night class, uh, building it's too small for our sunday morning but i said son sow that to god he sold that to god and just got word and signed a six million dollar job contract six million dollars come in the house come in the house don't 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 just be one of those running around in the yard jacob wandered all of his life until he landed on that certain place and understood that there's no place like the house of God. There's no place like being at the door. How many believes that this is a doorway of heaven right here? And it not, not only a doorway to heaven here, but all around the, the, the nations and all around the world uh, uh, by internet. Uh, it, it's, it's a door that opens in this room. And, and, and I, I, I was here the night the glory of God fell in Daphne in, in that great meeting. And, and I watched it on, on, on television again another time. And it felt like I, I, I was in the very room and I could feel and I thank God for a place like this and I thank God for a man of God who's not ashamed to stand and preach the truth of this gospel come on somebody come on thank you Lord pastor would you and Brenda just stand right here in front of the pulpit? Just get on your feet, church. Stand on your feet. Would, just, would you please come and just stand right here in front of the pulpit? I'm going to obey the Lord here this morning. Glory to God. Come on, somebody shout glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Psalms 133 said, Behold how good and pleasant. It is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, and the dew of Hermon as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion. There, for there, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. He comes upon the head first. He comes upon the head first. I know there's not room to do, do what I would like to do here this morning, but would you just, I, I would like some of the elders and, and ones to come around them, just, just stand around them, if you will, the staff, some of the staff, just stand around them and, and family. Then I want the rest of the body of Christ here just to stretch your hand out, and we're going to bless our pastor today. Would you say amen to that? And we're going to bless him. We're going to bless him. You know, uh, I'll tell you what, this, this is greater than gifts. As much as it hurts me to say it, it's greater than Cabela cards and Bass Pro. It's a close second. Hey Amen. Because we're, we're true outdoorsmen. We're talking about what men we are. All, you know, you know we, we, we men, we get out there and freeze to death and we're saying, hey, who's got a heater? All right. But no, all joking aside. This is our man and woman of God. How many knows now hell wants to destroy him? And you, you hear it on the news all the time. And we ought to weep over that. We ought to weep over that when pastors fall. But thank God we have some that stood true and stood the test of time. And though others have fallen, we pray for them. We're not going to let our pastor fall. We're not going to let the devil get to him in any way in, in his family, extended family. We're going to believe God for them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Stretch your hand out over them. Let's bless them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we bless this pastor team. Lord, uh, uh, this husband and wife, God, as they stand here, Lord, they have come in this place by the will of, of, of your spirit. And God, they have raised up a house of your presence, a true revival center. And I pray, God, that right now in the name of Jesus that we recommit ourselves to the vision of this man of God, our head. Lord, that you would help us to commit ourselves in financially and spiritually, God, that we would commit ourselves to prayer over their family, Lord, and over this great vision. We 
ask your blessings upon them, God, that everything they put their hand to would prosper. In the name of Jesus, we speak blessing over this precious couple in the name of Jesus Christ and their entire family. And God, we thank you, Lord, that we now have a house of God where we can dream again, we can hope again, and we can be revived, and we can get your word, God. We ask you now to help us to commit and recommit ourselves to the house of God, the church of his presence, of our ministries, be it nursery, a greeter, our sound, audio, video, whatever it may be, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. This is a day of recommitment because we say together, this is our house. Now give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Remain standing for just a moment. Um, I need to make a special announcement. Hang on just a minute. Did you enjoy Mike Leitner this morning? Would you give him a good God bless you? Would you do that? Now, I thank, thank him for that wonderful message. You know, um, pastoring at times is very interesting for sure. But I, we have a wonderful congregation, and we appreciate your prayers. I have people tell me often, and I get letters and emails and telephone calls and texts, even from our viewing audience. They tell me often, Pastor, we pray for you every day. And I believe that. And I can feel it when you're praying, and I can feel it when you're not praying. But I thank you for your allegiance and your love and your prayers. Um, we have had um, our youth pastor resign several months ago, and, and Perry Fong has been filling in as an interim, and his last week is this coming Wednesday. And uh, he's going to still be here in the church, and he's going to still be working with our college and career, but um, his time is up. But I'm happy also to announce that this coming Wednesday night, I want all the youth to be there because we're going to have a going away party for Brother Perry and Sister Grace. And we're going to have a, a great time together. There's going to be games, and there's going to be eats. We're going to feed you. So I want you to be there and say goodbye to them. But I also have more good news. Uh, taking over from Perry until we find a full-time youth director is going to be Lydia, Mara, and her husband, Nathan. They're going to take it over. And that's... There you go. And they're... Uh, there's a lot of times that Nathan travels with Nathan Morris. You know, he's, he's Nathan's right-hand man, and they'll be traveling. But Lydia will be there. And I talked to her last week, and I feel like the Lord gave me that, uh, that plan to have she and Nathan take the youth until we can find somebody. I'm, I'm looking for a youth pastor, but I, you know what? I don't want to just bring in a youth pastor that everybody's going to like. I want to bring in a youth pastor that everybody's going to like, and he knows about the presence of God. What good is it to bring in somebody that may do a great job, but they despise the presence? So I'm looking for the right person. And uh, one more thing, let me say this. I don't understand quite, and I have to be careful how I say this, but I don't understand. I've seen it happen a lot. But when a church gets into a building program, I have seen people leave the church. And I've seen people break off and start churches. Sometime without the pastor's blessing. So I want you to be careful who lures you. And I want you to be careful who emails you about coming to another church. If you're not blessed here anymore, by all means go. But if you're still blessed here, the way I look at it is you are part of this congregation. You're part of another man's sheep. And I don't believe in tempting other sheep to leave a church and go to another man's church. But right now we need to stick together because we're about to enter into a building program. And boy, that's where the devil really hates things. He tries to tear churches up. He tries to divide congregations. And he tries to lure people away. So just be careful. Just be careful. I've seen it happen. And all of a sudden people just at a whim just decide, well, I'm not going to go there anymore. I don't know why. But they leave. And we haven't had a lot of that at all, you know, since we've been here in seven years. But I'm just giving you a heads up. It's coming. 
You don't, you don't experience it, so be careful. God bless you, friends. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.